Welcome to season one of Why Play Anywhere Else, a Sticks baseball podcast powered by JKR Baseball. We're the podcast by the players, for the players. My name is Jay Shrigling, and I'll be your host. With that being said, Arkansas Sticks president, Coach Chase Brewster, is always on the lookout to enhance the opportunities for all of his players across the country and enhance his program in general. We believe this podcast is another aspect to that goal. Be ready for some in-depth conversation and some genuine content here on the Why Play Anywhere Else podcast. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. sponsor is JKR Baseball. After starting as the JKR podcast less than two years ago, 2023 would be a year of expansion. That expansion not only includes this podcast, but the potential for an entire baseball podcast network. Other features and services include event management, collegiate baseball player branding, NIL advisement, and a new blog starting this spring. With with this expansion, we are now on the lookout for future young talent with similar mindsets. Are you a college or even a high school student that wants to work in baseball? JKR Baseball might be the place for you to get your foot in the door. If this sounds like something you may be interested in, contact me, Jay Shrigling, at 260-585-4388. But with that being said, let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to episode number 11 of Why Play Anywhere Else, the Sticks Baseball Podcast powered by JKR Baseball. We're the podcast for the players, by the players. Special guests today include 2026 infielder Rip Birdwell, 2025 outfielder and pitcher Charlie Graves, and 2024 right-handed pitcher Davis York. With that being said, super pumped to get all three of you guys here on the Why Play Anywhere Else podcast. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. Awesome. All right, guys. So before we dig into the baseball side of things when it comes to, you know, Arkansas sticks, personal scouting report, high school baseball, I got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast, and that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? And let's go ahead. Let's go to Charlie, to Rip, to Davis. Kind of go with that order here for the first couple of questions. Let's dig into it. Yeah, so – People that just don't know me, I would just describe myself as, you know, I, I mean, I'm like working all the time. So I really don't have that much time. I would say to like, you know, hang out and go and, you know, parties or anything like that of the sort, you know, I'm usually always at practice or at training or at lessons or something like that. And so honestly, like, if you know me, you probably know, like, you don't see me much outside of school or sports, but probably, I mean, I'm, I think I'm pretty cool to just, you know, be around. I can chill with you. And uh, I feel like, like I'm pretty easy to get along with. You know, hardworking kid. Always trying to go to the cages with my dad or coach or whatever. Um, always trying to go get ground balls, do whatever I can to get better, you know. Um, hardworking in class, you know. Um, funny guy, I like to say. I like to say I'm funny. Um, 
You know, that's about it. Davis? All right. Uh, I mean, I'm like a – I'm a big dude. Like, notice – like, I stick out, I guess. And then uh, I'm very, like, laid back. Like, not much stuff's going to, like, bother me or anything like that. And then I'm, like, a real, like, talkative person. So, I like, just talking to everybody. But uh, other than that, like – I guess I take like pitching real serious, but other than that, I mean, I like to have fun too. I'm not just a super, you know, always serious dude. But. All right, so let's dig into the baseball side of things here. Um, so I got one individual question for Charlie real quick, and then we'll dig into you know everything else. So Charlie just got done with that Las Vegas tournament here. You know, you said you're playing in the desert. You went five for eleven this weekend. Great weekend. Take us through what this weekend was like playing for the sticks down there in Las Vegas. So it was really, I mean, good part on, like, the coaches and the program. I mean, they just, you know, they reached out. They made sure, like, everyone got there on time because, you know, we never, we never like, pl uh, played together just as a team. So had us get there, like, plenty of time, let us, like, do our own thing, let us stretch. You know, it wasn't like some, some goofy stretches that don't really get you warmed up. You know, they got us ready to play. They handed us our jerseys and uh, – uh, built a lineup and then we, I mean, we had some success and uh, got on a little run with the bats. And then today we came out, uh, we were the four seed, I think. Uh, we played 11 and not eight. And uh, we won the first round. Then we, you know, we were sort of out of pitching. We had like 11 dudes on our roster to start with. I mean, you throw two, a, I mean, you throw two a game and that's 10 pitchers and some, I mean, for the championship, you had to have 10. I mean, not everyone pitches. So we kind of just ran out of pitching a little bit. But we put up a fight up until the end. And, I mean, I I mean, I had a great time, met a lot of new people. So it really was good. I'm sure. All right, so digging into a question for all three of you guys, and that's how most of these questions are going to be. There might be a couple that I'm like, all right, hey, Charlie, hey, Davis, you guys want to answer this, this, and that. But for the most part, the same questions will kind of go for all three of you guys. Um, So just question number one, let's go to Rip, to Davis, to Charlie. So take us through, you know, your journey to how you got connected with the Arkansas Sticks, how you got connected with Coach Brewster, and how your whole travel ball career has been shaped up to this point. Um, well, all my life in Little League and stuff, my dad coached me. And I think it was my 12-year year, played against Coach Browning's team, one of the big teams. And, you know, I played pretty good that game. And he asked me to come and play the World Series with him in Florida, I believe. And then after that, they asked me to be on the team the next year. So I joined their team and then played with them for two years. And then I got invited to the Fort Myers, not Fort Myers, I'm sorry, the uh, Arizona MLK tournament and met Coach Brewster, talked to him and stuff. And yeah. All right. Um, so I used to like my parents were like really busy with work all the time and stuff, especially during like seasons like with harvest and everything. So uh, like growing up, I always played kind of with friends to make it easier, like going to games and practices and stuff like that. But then uh, like as I got older, I started playing like against like better teams and stuff like that. And I just knew a bunch of kids like on sticks and stuff like that. And then uh, Bruce like started reaching out and stuff. And then I figured, why not? You know, I know the people, but yeah. 
So for me, uh, I up until I want to say 13U, I played on just the team called the Fayetteville Bulldogs. It was just named after our high school team, Fayetteville. And uh, it was just like an independent team, not organization, just kids from, I mean, pretty much just Fayetteville. And, you know, it was, I don't even remember, we were like double A team, triple A team, something like that, whatever. That used to mean a lot more to me. But so after 13U, I joined uh, Perfect Timing. And I was with them until just this past year. They had like a joint thing with the Nationals or whatever. But I played with them for a long time. It was pretty much, we had the same team until 15U and then, Last year was a bunch of kids from Little Rock, and I had I had some salt. I mean, I had a really good season, and I mean, I just felt like you know I wasn't getting noticed enough, and I was putting up good numbers, but you know, no one was no one was really there to see. So I made uh, I think it was Evan Evan Ham that reached out to me and started like I just put the idea of the sticks in my head and. I saw like, you know, they promote, they promote like really, like really well on social media, you know, you like thousands of people get to see just anything that you do good. So I was like, you know, this is a good opportunity to like get myself out there. And so the first thing I did for the sticks was just MLK a couple of weeks ago and it really was good, you know, get shouted out. And then this weekend it's probably like four or something posts about me and just, you know, you can just go on, uh, Twitter and just see like how many people like how many people have seen that and it's just like crazy to me like think like every individual person sees that and so for me just joining you know simple reach out and uh really I like it so far a lot mm -hmm. and that's Thanks. one big thing that I've sorry all right go ahead yeah yeah I'm good okay so I mean that's one big thing you know I I met coach Brewster like July of this past year. And I've always, you know, followed the Arkansas sticks. Cause I mean, I feel like everyone in travel baseball does. Everyone knows who coach Brewster is. And, you know, I've always loved the way that, you know, he, he uh, showcases his players, you know, he has, what, what is it like probably 400 players in his program. I feel like all of them get highlighted in some sort of way. And, you know, that is one of the goals of this podcast is to highlight pretty much every player within the sticks organization. Uh, but with that being said, you guys, you know, you mentioned Coach Ham. Obviously, Coach Brewster, who's the face of the organization. Coach Browning, who I'm assuming is Spencer Browning's dad, just going out on a limb there. Uh, but what are your guys' relationships with those coaches? So first off, with Coach Brewster and then with some of the other coaches with the Arkansas coaching staff. So Coach Browning, which is, is Spencer's dad, he – he lives in a town probably 15 minutes from me. It's the Texarkana. And uh, we had always played against each other here in local tournaments and stuff. And when he asked me to come play for him, I knew that they had played, like, a lot better competition than my team did and a lot bigger tournaments. And so he helped me out a lot. He kind of uh, got, got my name out there a little bit. And then my um, – my friend's dad is good friends with Coach Brewster, and he was at Logan Davis's signing, and uh, I met Coach Brewster then, and then Coach Ham texted me, invited me to the MLK tournament, and and then Coach Brewster got my number, and through the whole tournament, he was texting me, you know, giving me advice, tips, support, you know. 
and after the tournament he texted me so he's helped me out a lot you know and he gets he gets he does so good with players getting recruited and stuff so that's really good to be on his side and all this all right uh i met uh coach brewster last year at uh sticks day it was like my first time ever going or anything because i just like transitioned sticks or whatever and uh he was like a great dude he uh really like included me kind of felt like he was very like joking and everything like that you know he's kind of a, a funny guy in a way but uh I also played on Slayton's team last year and he was like he was such a good dude I loved coach uh coach Slayton but uh yeah I guess so with all you guys, you know, being, you know, just part of the Arkansas Sticks, I know, Charlie, you said for a couple tournaments now, Rip, for, you know, less than a year, Davis, not for too, not for too much longer than that. Um, how does the Arkansas Sticks, you know, how it's ran on a game-to-game -game basis, maybe, you know, what the relationships are like with the players, how does the Arkansas Sticks compare to, you know, the teams that you guys have played for in the past? Um, They, they play – or the team I played on just played so much bigger tournaments with that get a lot more recognition than the previous teams I played for. And, you know, bigger tournaments, more people and all that. Uh, so kind of going off what Ripken said, I think it's like a lot better for like exposure, stuff like that. And I also think, um, like the people that just play for the sticks, I really like the people, like our teammates, the coaches and everything like that. It's very like involved and uh, just enjoy having uh, like spending time and stuff with the team and stuff like that. I just, I mean, me, for me, I just like how it just is different, like one-on-one, -on -one, you know, they'll text you, they'll hype you up, they'll post you, they'll retweet stuff. And they're pretty much just welcoming with open arms. And just, I feel like they're just so committed to, just like getting me out there and it's just different. I mean, I've never had anyone that just like will post me, you know, except for my dad, but like just someone else like hype me up like that. And it's just, it really is different um, than anything like I've ever experienced before, just the way they support us. Mm -hmm. So Rip and Charlie, I know you both mentioned you went to MLK here, you know, what was that less than a month ago? Davis, did you go as well? Uh, yeah, I went to the one in uh, Houston. Okay. Yeah, so, me too. Okay. Rip, which one did you go to? Arizona. Arizona. Okay, cool. So, you know, a little little bit of a variation here. So let's go ahead. Let's flip that order around, go from Charlie to Davis to Ripken. Uh, take us through what the MLK, MLK tournament was like in terms of um, the, the competition level, what the day-to-day -day looked like, you know, just the overall atmosphere of the ML MLK experience for each of you guys. So for us uh... – I know it was like a lot of people on our team. It was like their first time playing for the sticks. And they kind of like, I think it was just like a big, I think it's just one of those things. that's just like an introductory type of thing. And so I got set up there. If you know, Jason Delamar, I was, I was using his Jersey because he just lent me his Jersey for the weekend. Cause I'd never played for the sticks before. So I had his Jersey. I was all showed up down there and, uh, we prepared for the game. You know, I met a bunch of dudes and we had like practice the day before, like we played. So I had to meet like a lot of people just on all the different teams, the, both the 18U teams and the 16U team. And we went through like batting 
in practice on the field, a bunch of outfield and field drills. Just get it's fun to just get to know like you've never met any of these people. So I got to know a lot of teammates. I got to know a lot of people in the organization. I got to meet the coaches. That was my first time meeting Coach Ham. And uh as far as the games, I don't remember our record. I don't think we did too hot. The competition was good in our age group. I do remember that. Uh there were some dudes that were yeah, they were shoving. But I personally, like I, I had a pretty solid weekend. I think I was like six hundred on base percentage that weekend. But uh yeah, I mean it, it really was it was a fun it was just a fun, you know, it makes me like, yeah, this was the right decision to transition to the sticks. All right. So uh I went moving down to Houston or whatever. I mean, I didn't know I knew a few kids, but most of them were just other like POs that I knew that I played with. So it was like they threw their game and left, you know. So it was like I had to really get to know everybody, you know, because I didn't throw till our last game, but we ended up getting beat in bracket play, like first round. Like we did so good in full play. And then we played like one of one, I think one of the better teams. They ended up placing second, I think, but um we got put out by them or whatever. But uh, there were, like, kids from New York that came down and played with us. So it was, like, it was really different, like, hearing how they talk and some of the things they say and stuff like that. It was just weird, but it was cool. So for us, uh, Coach Brewster and the White, the White Sox scout team was down there with us at the same time. And the day before we played, he got – the Arizona State field, we practiced on it, and all the coaches were out there and everything watching us practice. And we got to hit on the field, hit it in the cages. And um, in bracket play, we went 2-0. and oh, no, I'm sorry, not bracket. In pool play, we went 2-0. and oh, And then, unfortunately, we got rained out, so we didn't get to play our third pool game or play bracket. But uh, overall, it was it was a great experience. We I met a lot of new kids, um, a few kids that I'd played with, a few from my team last year, and then a lot of new kids. And looking forward to a great with them. Fun summer. I like all them. So, yeah. So for so for Ripken for you, um, you talk about how you guys went to the Arizona State field, and I remember seeing Black Cobra post a bunch of stuff in terms of you know Eric Sims was there, Lo Logan o Ohape or however you say his last name, the first sticks Major League Baseball player. Uh, what was that experience like? You know, getting to see Eric Sims, the King of JUCO, um, listening to some of these former sticks ta uh, talk, and then for Charlie as well, since you said you were part of Ari part of the Arizona team as well, did you get the chance to see that as well? Oh, no, I was in Houston. Oh, shoot, my bad. Okay, I, I flipped those around, my bad. So, Ripken, question just for you. Take us through that experience of seeing the King of Juco and some of those Sticks alumni. Oh, yeah, that was real cool. That was real cool. Um, Eric got up there, started talking, being – he was funny, acting like he didn't know what he was doing, and he started talking to us and um, kind of hopping us up for the next day and we were playing. And then Logan started talking to us. And he was talking about, you know, working hard, working day in, day out, and that you can ultimately achieve your goals, whatever your goals are. And that was real cool to listen to them, hear them talk.
So with that experience you had, this is going to lead into my next question for all three of you guys. So, you know, all three of you guys are in different stages of your travel ball career. We got a 24, we got a 25, and we got a 26 here on the podcast today. I want each of you guys to kind of take us through your favorite travel baseball memory so far, you know, whether that's, you know, doing something super cool in the game, whether that's experience, you know, messing around with some teammates or whatever it happens to be. What are a couple of those favorite travel baseball memories? And we'll go ahead and stick with that order from Charlie Davis to Ripken. For me, uh, my best travel ball, like right here, is just like being in Las Vegas. You know, there's, there's everything to do in Las Vegas, good and bad, but you can stick to the good. But uh, Las Vegas, you know, it's it's big, it's flashy, kind of like just reminds me just like, like just, you know, the things that I like. And, you know, I'm all about big and flashy. But uh, being, you know, being with – uh, teammate yesterday we just we went and messed around uh went to try to we got as close as we could to the sports books just like giant tv screen showing the sports games we went to eight inside of a casino and it, it really was just a good experience it was fun and uh yeah I just love this place and love the team from this weekend uh so I would just like to like think about last year like I had a great summer like all around I mean we didn't do as good as I thought but like uh, the sticks or whatever, playing you know PBR and PG and all that stuff. At the end of the year, I got to go to futures games, and it was like it was really cool getting to play against like other kids that I grew up playing with and stuff. Even if they were from like different states or whatever, but getting to kind of face them in front of all those people and all those college scouts and stuff like that, it was just really. It was... Um, I'd probably have to say my best memory was probably my first home run. Something I'll never forget. All right, so for Davis, I got one individual question for you. So you mentioned the Futures games. That's always something you know, I'm always curious to talk about with players. So take us through that experience of, you know, playing for – is it Team, Team Arkansas, correct? I, I think that's where you're from, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So take us through that experience for playing for Team Arkansas, you know, what that competition level was looking like, uh, what the day-to-day looked like there at in Atlanta at Lake Point for that PBR Futures game. All right, so, I mean, most of the roster, like, I knew them because a lot of them came from the same sticks team that I played with or whatnot, and then, like, some younger, like, 2025s or whatever, also that played for sticks were there. But, uh, man, it was fun. I uh, actually only showed up for the game, the last game that I threw or whatever. But other than that, I mean, we played a really good Tennessee team or whatever, and I knew I knew some of the kids on it or whatever. But uh, it was just really fun getting to go against um, – is that I knew and in that atmosphere. Cause I mean, it's like, it's almost like nerve wracking. Cause there's just so many people like watching each game. It's crazy. Like you, especially being on the mound, you can see everybody like at once. They're all really behind the, behind home plate or whatever, but it's just full of college scouts everywhere. And when you see that, let's say you're walking up to the mound, you know, you're up there pitching. How do you block that out of seeing all those scouts behind the catcher, behind the umpire, watching you play, watching you pitch. How do you kind of keep that tunnel vision and just, you know, kind of, you know, keep that out of your mind? That's what I was about to say. I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but you really do have to have, like, tunnel vision. You got to be able to focus just kind of like playing catch with you and your catcher, basically. But it's it gets difficult, especially when there's that many people and on that stage like that. But, yeah. So let's go ahead, Davis. Let's start with you on this question. Go to Rip, then to Charlie. 
Um, so, you know, as you guys are in different parts of your guys' travel baseball career, Davis, you down to your last summer of travel baseball. Take us through what each of you guys are looking forward to here as you guys finish off your travel ball career. So, Davis, you know, you got your final summer. Charlie still got a couple summers. And Rip, I mean, you're still, you know, still got a couple years to worry about before your final travel baseball game. But just what are you looking forward to most for, you know, just the future of your, your travel baseball careers? Uh, all right. So I just, I really hope going into this summer or whatever, like be able to perform like at a higher level and kind of win some tournaments. Cause last year we fell short in a few tournaments that we definitely shouldn't have. Like we, we play really good in pool play and then we get the bracket play and we just kind of shut down a little bit, but hopefully next year we can just really compete like throughout the whole tournament and hopefully win some games. But I know that once I play that last game, it'll be, some to remember. Um, looking forward for the next few summers. Uh, you know, we have a really good team put together. So looking to go win some big tournaments, play some good competition to get as as good as I can possibly be, you know, face the best pitchers. Um, got some great coaches to help me out, you know. Um, just looking to get as much recognition as I can and, you know, try to get to the next level. For me, I mean, I just like, I just want to get like myself out to like the national stage. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, just our team, you know, winning tournaments. I want to like go on like the, the national tour or whatever, you know, go to like, you know, Florida and Atlanta and places like that. You know, there's a lot of people. I, I wouldn't say personally, like I'm scared of the big stage. Like, I, I want to be, like, I want to be out there. I want to be competing. I want to be facing the top arms because it's just that much more credit to you whenever you succeed against that. Mm -hmm. And as a team, you know, to go out and win something like uh, the WWBA or something, uh, it really, like, it would just be an awesome memory. And I have a couple years left, but I know just it'll go by super fast. So I'm really just, I, I want to be seen too. So playing for the Arkansas Sticks, I mean, you guys get on that national stage, you know, quite a bit throughout the summer and even the fall and winter, you know, going to MLK, going to that Las Vegas tournament, and then, you know, the big-time tournaments in the summertime, whether that's, you know, WWBA, Lake Point, going to Hoover. I believe the Arkansas Sticks were also invited to that USA tournament as well this upcoming summer. Um, but when you guys are on this national stage, you know, being seen by college coaches, where are each of you guys at when it comes to, you know, that college recruitment? Um, are you guys looking at going to certain schools? Are you guys maybe just thinking about, you know, when my sticks and high school baseball careers comes to an end, you know, I might, you know, be done with baseball. What does that kind of look like? And what are each of you guys' mindsets when it comes to the whole college recruiting? You want me to go or you want? Yeah, yeah let's just stick with that same order. Uh, so I'm kind of the point right now. Like, I mean, I've talked to a few people or whatever and whatnot, but I don't, I'm not really set on what I want to do yet. So I don't know, like, if I'm going to continue to play baseball or not. Obviously, I'm working towards it, but I'm not like 100%. I'll say I'm like 75, 25 on if I just want to go to school or if I want to go play baseball, you know. I think it just really kind of depends on what my heart's feeling at that moment, you know. For me right now, uh, the goal is 100% to play baseball as long as I can. But um, just working every day, try to get there, you know, try to get as much recognition, talk, talking to coaches, going to camps, you know, all that, trying to get my name out there. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. And I've been going to showcases, camps. This past, like, six months, I would say my numbers have, like, drastically improved. So that's good for me. I would say this summer probably, you know, that's when I have to go and prove it. But I know I'm capable now. Last year, this year, is just a whole different thing. And, you know, as far as college recruiting, you know, I, I'm not really set in stone anywhere. Not much. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully it'll change this summer. And I just – my philosophy, I just want to play, like, as long as it's fun. So, you know, the moment you're just, like – if I'm ever, like, dreading doing something or, like, oh, I got to, like, just, you know, get call it quits because I just – you know, I try to approach it, just have a good positive attitude, have fun. And if I think what's best for my life is, you know, to just take school super seriously, then I will. But, you know, as far, right now I got my sights set on, you know, I want to play Division One baseball. All right, so let's turn just a little bit to high school baseball here a little bit. So, Rip, I know you haven't played a single game of high school baseball yet. I'm sure that's coming up here in the next couple of weeks or so because I know down south you guys start a little bit earlier here than here in the Midwest where I'm at. Uh, but for the other two guys, so for Davis, for Charlie, take us through what the outlook is for this upcoming season. Maybe, you know, some guys you're bringing back, what last season was like for you guys. And then for Rip, kind of take us through, you know, what you're looking forward to most when it comes to, you know, finally playing your first high school baseball game, whether, you know, that's in February, March, whenever it is. Um, Let's go ahead. Let's start with Rip, go to Davis, and then to Charlie. So um, we have, I want to say, 10 seniors right now and then about five juniors. But uh, we had our first scrimmage last Saturday, and I started at second and played a lot of third, too, on varsity. So looking to have a good season, we should be have a really good team. We should go pretty far this year. So uh, last year, we actually won, we won state in, our, uh, in 5A in Arkansas. But uh, we um, – we've all – Eight of our nine starters last year, they were all seniors, and we lost two big-time, like, arms. But uh, I think we'll still be decent because we got some good, like, younger kids. But our biggest problem is just, like, we got five seniors now, and that's it. So it's kind of hard, like, not having much leadership, if that makes sense. It's kind of difficult. But uh, I'm looking forward to it because I'm going to play with or, like, against a lot of kids that I played with on sticks. So it should be pretty fun. Last year for us, I think uh, our varsity went 12 and 18 in a 6A for Arkansas, and we didn't uh, make the playoffs. And uh, I was on the freshman and sophomore team. We went all the way to we went all the way to the championship, and we lost in the championship. Fortunately, we ran out of pitching, but you know it was it was it was a big step down from the summer. I will say because those, I mean playing high school ball and below like the JV level is just, it really wasn't much competition. I was like probably batting around 500 or something for the whole like 20 something games. And so this year I started off down there and I was, I was pretty disappointed at first because I bet I just, I mean, it made me even more determined. And so at semester break right before the semester, I got called up. And so I got my schedule changed and everything like that. And there's a lot of kids on our team. Fable doesn't do cuts. Like, once you make it as a freshman, you're on the team until, like, you want to stop playing or you're a senior. And so if you're, like, not varsity level, they'll just stick you on JV. So I got called up. Um, I'm on JV 
varsity. Uh, we practice together, so we don't. I don't. They haven't told us anything about the season yet. In my eyes, you know, I'm I'm good enough to go out there and steal a starting varsity spot. I'm fully determined. You know, I work hard and practice every day, and it's looking like you know I, I have a shot at starting on varsity sophomore year. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And our first game is February 25th. So. So, Charlie, you kind of dig into it there. You say your guys' first game is what you said, February 26th, I believe, is that's what you said. Uh, but let's go ahead. Where are you guys at right now in the season? You know, it's that first week of February. What's going on right now? How long has team practice been going on? Because I know each state is a little bit different when it comes to, you know, oh, first game has to be this. The first team practice has to be this and that. Um, Right now, at this moment, first week of February, where is that at? And then kind of what is the outlook, you know, these next couple of weeks as you guys lead into that first game? Let's go ahead, go to Ripken, to Charlie, to Davis. So uh, we started practicing as a team, I think, the last week of January. So we haven't had a whole lot of team practice, but we had our first scrimmage on Saturday. And – it went pretty good, you know. Still some stuff we need to work on, of course, but we'll have scrimmage Monday, scrimmage Friday, and then from then we'll start playing games and tournaments and it'll really it'll get going pretty quick. But um you know, we have we sh- we have a really good team, so we have some good leaders, good senior group good leaders so um we're looking to do really good this year well for me um we've been team practicing i mean since the end of football season whenever i transferred over from football to baseball i mean and they were already going you know as a team every every day after school so i just kind of jumped right in and all the football kids just jumped right in and uh it's been good you know we try to we we mix you know lifting hitting inside hitting in the cages with the bullpens then going outside and getting some just live and so we've been probably the past month we've been doing you know inner squads uh scrimmaging each other dividing into three teams uh like just playing against each other it's been live you know the past month but even before that we were just doing that with coach pitch scrimmages stuff like that and it's shaping up to be pretty good. I mean, I think we're pretty ahead of the curve as far as practicing as a team. So we uh we started practicing our second, no, third week of school. So we get started like really early. But uh obviously we don't have football guys until season's over or whatever. So we're kind of like four days a week. Like we took Fridays off for a while. But uh now that we're getting closer, we kind of started ramping it back up and whatnot. And we're uh we're kind of starting to throw more live or whatever. Like this past week, we had ice storm and all that stuff, so we didn't get to do anything all week for practice or whatever. But the week before that, we started doing actual live scrimmaging and throwing stuff like that off live pitching. So sometime this week, we should start that back up. Uh, so all three of you guys mentioned the game of football. You know, whether that's, you know, whether you played football or, you know, whenever whenever it comes time for the football players to join that baseball team. Charlie Ripken, I know you guys both play football. I know Coach Brewster talked about how you guys are good football players as well. Um, So take us through this past football season. Ripken, you as a freshman. Charlie, you as a sophomore. What that was like. Ripken, I know you're playing in Texas, which from what I hear being in the Midwest is, you know, that premier high school football state. I hear, I hear Arkansas, you know, maybe a close third or fourth or whatever happens to be there up there as well. 
Um, but take us through last football season with in your guys' freshman and sophomore year. So freshman year, um, all the freshmen start out on JV, and we have what's called two-a-days where it's like two practices a day, like the last two weeks of summer. And, you know, the, we started out on JV, and then one of our starting linebackers, which is where I play, he rolled an ankle, and then from right then they called me up and played our played played a, our first scrimmage on varsity, and I did pretty good. And then started our our first game on varsity, um, did good, and then stayed there the whole season. I ended up I had the second most tackles among freshmen in the nation. I got defensive newcomer of the year in our district and we went two rounds deep, got beat by a team that went to the fifth round, which is the semifinals of state. And uh, we had a pretty solid team, you know, great coaches. So um, next year we should be really good too, but uh, it was really good, really good competition, really exciting Friday nights are most fun thing that in baseball. So, uh, yeah. So for me, as a freshman, we just have a separate freshman team. So that was all fun. But, I mean, varsity is what people care about. So I got called up to varsity uh, this year. This is my first year of varsity. And being in a 7A school, you know, it's like five deep at every single position. You know, five plus deep. Seven, I mean, 7A football is, is legit. Dudes are big, you know, big, fast, strong. So – uh, I was I ended up being a second string inside receiver this past year with a like prominent special teams role. Uh, I had a lot of tackles on kickoff for the end of the year. Uh, I was on kickoff return on a uh, hands team the whole year. And, you know, I got in every now and then in the actual games, had a few catches. And next year, I mean, they're telling me I'm probably I'll probably start which is a big deal to me. And so, you know, as far as football season goes, I mean, I played football. I mean, just as long as I played baseball, probably tackle since like second grade, but it's, it's, I mean, it's always been there. I will say like baseball is my number one, you know, it's first love or whatever, but football is good. It's exciting. And, you know, starting on varsity, uh, pretty kind of looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. So moving back into baseball here a little bit, let's go back to Davis, to Charlie, to Ripken. You know, as we head into that 2023 season, you know, high school baseball, travel baseball, take us through what some of those goals are, you know, on the personal side of things, as well as the team side of things when it comes to, you know, playing for your respected high school team and playing for the Arkansas Sticks here this summer. So uh, on a personal level, I mean, for sticks and travel ball, always like PO or whatever, you know, not big on hitting or anything like that. But you know, being a big guy, I mean, I could still hit a little bit. Like I got a little power. But um, I don't know. I'm just kind of hoping just to throw really good against like our conference opponents because we have to play like uh, Valley View where Lawson Ward and Slade Caldwell and all them go to school. Like them being in our conference, it's going to be kind of tough. So I'm just hoping kind of to – perform well in conference I'm not too worried about our out of conference games and stuff like that but so for me on a personal level like some personal goals 
uh, I want to get, you know, my 60 time to like six, seven or under six, seven instead of, instead of six, eight, it's at a six, eight, four right now. And I've cut that down because last year I was running like a seven, two. And, you know, I want to throw, I want to hit 90 from the outfield. I'm at 88 right now. And then I want to hit a hundred on exit velocity. Just like these are just, you know, super specific stats, just some goals that I have for a high level. And then uh, for our team, you know, we're, we're really seeking, we want to get back. Like we just want to get back in the playoffs, you know, maybe make a run. We have, we have, I mean, we have the arms to do it this year. Couple, couple, maybe three dudes that can throw 90 off the mound. We got a lot of like young talent, some good hitters on the come up. And uh, as far as team, you know, and st- sticks, you know, I want to go out and win some national tournaments. But in high school, yeah, we, we really want to get back in state. Um, As far as high school, probably just like personally, Starting on varsity, hitting, uh, hitting high up in the lineup, you know, having, hitting 400 plus, hopefully. Um, and then team going, obviously, state is the main goal. And then this summer, it's get as much recognition, uh, get my name out there as much as possible and win, win some big tournaments and, make new friends, you know, get a better relationship with all the sticks coaches, sticks organization, and as much college coaches or whatever that I can. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's move into the, you know, you're actually on the field play. So, Davis, you're a PO, Charlie, Rip. I know you guys are both hitters as well. I'm not sure if you guys are on the mound at all a little bit as well. But I want you guys to take us through your pitching repertoire for, for Davis, and then your hitting approach for Charlie and Ripken. Kind of take us through, you know, what each of those are. Pitching repertoire, hitting approach, take us through that. So uh, pitching-wise, uh, this summer I only threw three pitches. Like, I just kind of stuck with my curveball, fastball, and changeup. But uh, for high school ball, I've been working on trying to throw a slider a little bit more. But it's always been, like, something I haven't been able to throw, if that makes sense. But it'd definitely be better for me. Like, if I can keep working on it and get it, because I throw from more of, like, a three-quarter arm slot kind of. I'm not more over the top or whatever. So, throwing, like, a 12-6 curveball like I do, it kind of changes my arm slot just a little bit. And uh, I've noticed people have, like, picked up on it a few times. But, uh, yeah. So, for me, just as a hitter, obviously, I try to stay, like, go down to the specific details like the back of the box because I want as much reaction time as possible. But, you know, unless the dude's like 70 miles an hour. But uh, sometimes I can't hold back. But uh, I, tr- I want that reaction time. And then, you know, I, I really have an account-by-count approach. Like whatever, you know, fat, fat, I'm hunting fastball, oh, oh, middle way, you know, one oh, It's probably going to be I want it low. I want middle to low, whatever that dude the best pitches like I mean one oh I mean this dude likes to throw a curveball I'm gonna I'm gonna bang a curveball if he throws it but when I'm ahead in the count I really just I really just look for a spot and a speed you know when you're even but when you're even in the count or you got one strike on you uh you're you're looking for a speed but you know it's gotta gonna be over the plate and then two strikes you know you got a battle 
uh, doesn't matter speed. Uh, if as long as it's close to the plate, you gotta you gotta swing. So that really, I mean, that really is my like how it is, and I choke up a little bit. I really don't like to change my swing whenever I get two strikes either, because you know you practice something. I don't know why you would change it whenever you actually have two strikes on you. So I try and stay as consistent as possible. I choke up just like make my hands a little bit faster, but that's pretty much my approach. All right. Um, going up, oh, oh, count, you know, looking, looking fastball, trying to line drive up, trying to line drive up the middle. Um, if he comes in, you know, turn on it. If, if it's outside, I don't like it, you know, obviously it's oh, oh, so, <clears throat> but looking for a fastball. And then if I'm up in the count, you know, my best pitch is middle end fastball. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, you know, Whoa. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, my phone messed up. Okay. Um, And then, you know, two strikes, just anything close, just got to put a ban on it, you know. And, you know, if there's a pitcher throwing real hard or something or defense is playing back and I'm struggling at the plate, I'm, I hit from the left side, so – and I got pretty good speed, so I always can drop a bunt down, you know, just whatever you can to get on. So you hit left. So Rip, this is one individual question for you, um, and then we'll dig in. Got probably four or five more questions left for all three of you guys. One final individual question for you, Rip. So you're a left-handed hitter, like you mentioned, but you throw righty. How did that come about, and how exactly how how exactly did that whole thing come about? So, uh, you know, I'm right-handed, obviously, because I throw my right. And when I was born, my dad had just decided that he wanted me to hit lefty. Me and my sister both hit lefty. And he talks, he says it's easier to hit right-handed pitching, which is a lot more common from the left side. And that he that just how I started, how it's always been. Has there been any uh, conversation about becoming a switch hitter, maybe going back to your natural side against lefties? Or for the most yeah. part, are you just sticking to left-handed hitting? Uh, Dad has talked about going and switch hitting. Um, he's, he talked about it a lot when I was younger, but never just never really did it. But he thinks he thinks I could do it if I worked on it enough. But, you know. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's flip this order around one more time. I've got around five, six more questions for all three of you guys. Let's go to Charlie, to Davis, to Ripken here. Um, so question one out of this final five or six. So let's say you were a scout watching your game. What would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? You know, whether that's, you know, on the mound there for you, Davis, or, you know, on the in the field, in the batter's box, interacting with some teammates, you know, just the entire game in general. What would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? I would say a lot of contact, uh, gap to gap. I really don't hit it down the lines much. It's usually up the middle or just a little bit, a little bit off. Uh, but I, I rarely ever strike out. Like I don't think I I struck out maybe once in MLK, and then none this weekend. And you know that's probably around twenty five thirty at bats. So it's it's a lot of contact. I like to put it in play. I'm pretty fast. So on the ground, you know, they would. I mean, I always hustle. You know, pop up or whatever. You know, you don't got time to pout. You just got to run because anything can happen. 
but also in the field, uh, I make really good reads. I always have. So, you know, being like, I, I was, I was kind of a mid speed before, but I could read the ball. So I would get like stuck in, uh, I would, I would be in center field, you know, I can always read the ball good. That would always be like the report or like perfect game or something like reads the ball. Well, gets to it, not blazing 60 yard dash time, but you know, it gets to it. And then as I've gotten faster, it's just been like a double combo type of thing. So it really just like, I, I, I get to a lot of stuff now. And so I like to think they would comment on that. So just a gap to gap pitter and pretty electric in the outfield. So for me, I've always been like a strike thrower. Like I really fill up the zone, not wild much really ever. Um, Like from time to time, I guess I'll have like two, maybe three walks like on a bad game. But uh, yeah, I just throw all my off speed for strikes, fastball, everything. Just really not like stay really focused like during the game. But uh, watching me, I'd say I'm a real high energy player, you know, um, good attitude, uh, always hustling around on and off the field, sprinting to first. Um, you know, I can play about anywhere in the field. Uh, you know, always getting after it, hustling. Um, yeah. All right, so out of all the coaches that you guys have had in your guys's, in, inside of your guys' baseball career so far, you know, whether that's travel baseball, high school, you know, potentially a dad or some other family members that are here, you know, helping you out, some personal trainers, whatever, who have been the most influential people within your guys' baseball career so far? You know, two to three people, who have been the most influential, and what would be the reasonings for them being so influential? I would say, you know, number one is probably my dad because, you know, just – invest in time money you know all that stuff and then not only like he's just involved he's always just trying to help me like he really does want the best for me you know sometimes you know probably everyone will get mad at their parents every once in a while but I mean just like if you just reflect on it you know he's really just wants to see me succeed and then as far as high school uh I would say like one of our assistant coaches coach Hill uh he, he's been really good to me so far he's always just trying to build me up and teaches me you know how to play the outfield better what to do and sometimes you know you really know like it's hard to explain like sometimes you know coaches just won't care what some people do and sometimes you feel like you're just the one that they like nitpick and always just like have something to say and I think like he he's doing that for me so anytime like I mess up anything I could do better he'll let me know I really just think it's because he cares a lot, and so that's good. And then my hitting coach since for I don't even know how many years now, uh, Matt Vinson, he played for the Hogs, and he's really just helped transform my swing over the years and as my like body developed. So for me, same as Charlie, my number one would obviously be my dad because, you know, he's spending the money, the time, doing all the stuff. He's real supportive of me, you know, tries to push me. But uh, another guy for me would be um, one of my old head coaches back when I played for um, Doolin's Dodgers out of Memphis. Um, he's like a mainly a pitching guy, but now he does this um, stuff for EBC. 
And uh, he's been my pitching guy that I've been going to for the past, like, I want to say, like, year and a half, maybe almost two now. But he really – he got me on a velo program too long ago, and he's really helped me a lot this past year. Number one, just like both of y'all said, obviously my dad, you know, putting time, money into helping me become the best player I can, obviously. And uh, he's, he coached me forever when I was little. He taught me how to play, taught me, you know, everything I know just about. Um, he's really helped me a lot. Um, and then Coach Browning, he – uh, invited me to their team a few years ago and uh, put me up against some of the best competition and in the nation and uh, really helped me grow my game and get better. And obviously my high school coaches, you know, they've helped, helped me out a lot and not a, I haven't really played for them for more than a month, but they're all three of them helping me out a lot, you know, making me, as good a player as I can, uh, giving me tips, you know, everything during games, at practice, you know, whatever it is. All right, so let's go ahead. I got a couple more questions here left. Uh, let's dig away from the game of baseball here a little bit. So when you guys aren't playing ball, what are some of those passions that you have beyond the game of baseball? So for me, uh, I like to – Sometimes I mean I really I'm really like a big I was a big video game player so much I've been I've been really focused in the classroom I had some really like hard classes this year so uh I've I haven't had much time to just do anything like in a while but I really like to play video games and I just you know I like to go hang out with my girlfriend and that's pretty much girlfriend school baseball video games is uh, that that's what it is for me right now, and I'm not complaining. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so for me, during I mean, it depends on what season it is. Because during the winter, I'm hunting like every weekend, basically, and even sometimes through the weekdays. Because I like have um, college before I go to regular school. So on Fridays, I don't have school till like nine thirty, ten o'clock. So I go and hunt on my Friday mornings. Kind of risk some sleep for that, but you know. Um, and then other than that, I really like to play basketball uh, in my free time or play video games. Um, outside of baseball and football, I I hang out with my friends, you know, have friends come over, go to their house, whatever. Um, hang out, I hang out with my friends all the time, it's about every weekend. Um, play video games. It's like about it. all of us do. That's really about it. Okay. So digging into motivations here a little bit, let's go ahead. Let's dig deep down internally. What are some of those motivations you guys have to, you know, just wake you, wake you up, help you get out of bed in the morning, go get better, continuously evolve as a ball player and a person. Just what are some of those internal motivations that you have that help you go get better? Uh, For me, it's just sometimes, like you just like get discouraged that like you just see all these dudes on like TikTok that are just like 2027 20, throwing 90 miles an hour already. It's like, man, how can I just like, uh, like, how am I gonna like compare to that? Like, two years older, but 
it's really just like realizing that probably like if you're still playing, especially for the sticks, going to like all these tournaments, you're probably like top like five percent of players like in the nation probably. Just think about how many people just have dropped out or don't. And so just the fact that like you've made it this far and like you can succeed at this and that and and also accepting that baseball, I mean, you fail just all the time. Once you just like learn to accept it, like you know, I went one for three, and that's really like not that a bad thing. And just digging deep with yourself, wake up in the morning, cold showers help too. I will say, but but besides that, it's just uh, just you know, you want to be the best, and just I'm really just a competitor. So I think for me, uh, one of my big motivators is just like personal success. Like I feel once I start doing good, and you know, it's really like showing and stuff like that. It makes me want to keep going you know and keep performing like at a certain level but uh other than that I think the people around you like your peers have a lot to do with it you know because people talk obviously and uh the better you do the more they talk and usually it's better things if you're performing better so uh, biggest motivation for me is making my family proud especially making my dad make my dad proud and and Jesus, God, you know, playing for him, you know, showing um, showing his love when I play, you know, that's biggest motivation for me. All right. So taking that question here a little bit further, let's say you guys, you know, keep using these motivations, keep getting better as you're not only ball players, but as people as well. What is the perfect picture of your guys's life look like 20 years down the road? Everything's going right. You know, you guys are, you know, mid mid to upper 30s. What does that look like 20 years down the road? Oh, man. Uh, you know, hopefully – oh, I had to be first. Hopefully, you know, I got a little bit of, of money in that pocket. You know, live the life I want to live because, uh, you know, just a lot of things I like to do just require a little, a little bit of cash – not saying it buys happiness or anything like that, but just, you know, some, you know, just the lifestyle. And I, I will say, like, I just want, like, a, like a solid, like, family. Uh, and I want to be able to spend, like, I want to be able to job, you know. I, I do want to go into business, but I want to be able to job where I can spend, you know, a lot of time with wife, kids, you know, whatever, whatever may happen. And just be able to, like, go do fun stuff with them and then, like, just – have a bunch like give my kids a bunch of fun experiences and just like go attack life not like you know, I don't want to be like a pe person that just like lives in fear of, like bills or stuff like that like gotta save up got like just I want to just go out and like explore and you know just like have have a lot of fun yeah I think some of the big things for me obviously like he said I'm I mean I want to be wealthy you know so I feel like everybody does. But uh, I want to be a fam like I want to be a family man. You know, I want to have me a nice family, have some money, be able to kind of give them some things that have been given to me. And uh, I think my main like thing just I don't want to be miserable with whatever I'm doing. Like I want what I'm doing. I want it to be enjoyable. I don't want to be stuck. You know, threatening things all the time and just really being miserable with my life. Uh. By then, probably not baseball anymore, but by late 30s. But um, 
you know, by then I want to have a few kids be teaching my son how to play baseball and coaching him, coaching a little league team, maybe something like that, you know, um, maybe a couple of nice cars, you know, but, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's about it. Okay. What type of cars are you, uh, Chevy Ford type of guy, or uh, you live down there in Texas. I know Ford's probably pretty popular, but yeah, what's your Ford, favorite car brand? Um, probably Chevy. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a, a Chevy truck waiting for me when I turned sixteen, but uh, honestly, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I feel like down there in Texas, I feel like everyone's driving, you know, a Dodge. Oh, sorry, a Ford, a Chevy, a Dodge. I mean, American-made products oh, yeah. I feel like down there in Texas. I was just Every, curious. Everybody has got one of those, you know, big old lifted-up truck. Yeah, oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's the same way here in Indiana, uh, but no. Uh, so now to my last my last question here on the Why Play Anywhere Else podcast for you guys. Um, so, you know, when you guys do get to, you know, you know go potentially play collegiate baseball, you're going to get that opportunity to capitalize – on your name, image, and likeness. I'm sure you guys have heard of it, the new regulations that came out a couple years ago um, from the NCAA. When that does happen, you guys get that opportunity. What would be that dream NIL brand that you guys would have? Oh, wait, just give me like 15 seconds. <laughs> oh, there could be a lot. Uh, ooh. Dream NIL deal. honestly like i I would like i would i feel like one with like those like energy drinks or i mean obviously i mean it could be like nike or something like that would be insane if we're talking like dream dream you know like nike adidas something like that that would be like a national scale but more like of a local like a local thing maybe just like a shops or some like cool like just Fayetteville, like shops or something like this clothing store. I forget what it's called, but it's like super like local, high quality like shirts and stuff. That would be cool. And I really like I would like like to represent my hometown if I could. But obviously, if you're playing like somewhere that's like 400 miles away, it's probably not <laughs> not gonna happen. But you know, I would like to embrace like local roots. Yeah, I think in Arkansas, isn't it the store? It's called Unlimited, isn't it? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stores that are just, that are like that, that I, I would like to represent if I could. Uh, I think for me, I, I would want it to be like something kind of baseball based in a way, like, I don't, know, I don't know, I think, like he said, Nike or like New Balance is another big one because they're so big into baseball and stuff like that. But uh, I don't remember who it was, but I saw somebody that had, like, NILs with, like, cars and everything. I think it might have been, like, Bronny James or somebody. But he had the one with, like, Lamborghini. That's just nuts. Like, I love, like, vehicles, bro. It's so, I don't know. That'd be so cool. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Uh, Nike and, like, car brand or something, you know, getting free cars. That'd be real cool. All right. All right, guys. That's the final question here on the Why Play Anywhere Else podcast powered by JKR Baseball. You know, super pumped to get you guys here 
on the show for episode number 11. You know, we've been doing this now for five, six weeks now. It'll be pretty successful. And I'm glad, pumped to get this out here to the public to get to know who all three of you guys are here on the Arkansas Sticks. I uh, know I'm also super thankful for, you know, Coach Brewster giving me this opportunity. Uh, but no, like I said, thanks for you, all of you three coming on the show. Uh, best of luck here this spring, as I, I know the season's, you know, coming up here pretty quickly. Best of luck, you know, this summer and even beyond that, as you guys continue your baseball careers. Uh, I'll definitely be following you guys here a little bit, you know, give you that follow there on the Instagram, stuff like that. Uh, but no, just thanks for coming on the show and best of luck here um, these next couple of years in your baseball careers. Thank you, man. Yeah, appreciate it.